What's it like transitioning from broadcast radio to podcasting? We'll find out on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog to make it the show? Start the clock! And welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here as always. Happy Halloween. Uh, we're finally done with the paranormal stuff for this week, and we're back to uh, normal conversation, as I would say. Uh, we're going to talk about the news tonight and, and the state of journalism, which, uh, uh, you know, is a very uh, topical discussion to have a lot of people uh today uh have a huge distrust for the media and that's something that bothers me if you've listened to this program you probably know that already um so we're gonna have that discussion in a moment but before we move farther on with the program i need to talk about uh my sponsors mybookie.com is one of the most popular and trusted brands in the online gambling community its sports book offers an incredible variety of sports from american staples such as football and basketball to international sports such as kbo rugby and cricket it even offers wagers on entertainment and politics and simulated sports video games such as madden 21 and nba 2k 21 if you're looking for a line on your favorite tv shows you can almost certainly find it on my bookie uh, my bookie's casino options are as plentiful as its sports books there are 27 different table games such as blackjack and roulette and almost 300 unique slot options 77 of which are 3d you can even play live table games and video poker to get started it's really easy just go to mybookie.com and use the promo code MINDDOG to get a uh, match offer for your first uh, bet. So that's that's a, a great little offer. They're giving you an incentive to get started if you're a person who's uh, really interested in betting on the football games tomorrow. You might want to check it out. MyBookie.com, promo code MINDDOG. Uh, also, FunWise Capital, if you've been uh, listening to this show for any amount of time, you've uh, heard about FunWise Capital. It's a business lender matching platform that gets you the best credit lines guaranteed use the funding to start uh for anything you need to start or grow your business that's right i did say start if you don't have a business yet but you got a solid business plan that can help you get funding uh get the best funding you can qualify for the strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation uh they have hundreds of five-star reviews on google trustpilot and facebook and an a-plus rating with the better business bureau they provide unsecured lines of credit at zero percent interest for nine to 15 months unsecured term loans loans based on income Short-term gap funding or bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. Get started. It's really, really easy. Uh, you just go to apply.funwise.com slash dog. That's it. Apply.funwise.com slash dog. And I do appreciate you patronizing my sponsors. We're going to talk about the news. Uh, and uh, we'll try not to keep it too political, but, of course, uh, politics is part of the news. My guest tonight, Jerry Barmash, is a uh, New York City veteran radio jur- journalist and the host of a new interview podcast called Here Now the News. Where he- he's here tonight to talk about his new podcast and the state of gen- journalism today. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in Jerry Barmash to the Mind Dog TV podcast. Jerry, welcome. Wow, great to be here. Thanks for having me. 
It's it's great to have you here. You notice I, I'm a little uh, sloppier than normal reading this stuff. I'm I'm kind of intimidated when there's a real radio guy in the audience uh, or, or listening to me, and I know about it. Uh, and you're pretty smooth with it because you are a, a uh, as I mentioned, a New York City radio uh, veteran journalist on, and particularly on radio. So I, I got a little. Uh, uh, it feels like a comedian is watching me do stand up sometimes, or a musician watching me do uh, play guitar. Get a little I, nervous. I love the live reads. Always, <laughs> always ready with a live read. So uh, let's talk. Uh, what What is the uh, one thing you're finding very different about doing podcasting from doing traditional radio? Well, and yeah, I, I was in radio, and and you know, and may again soon, hopefully. But uh, thirty years, uh, a, a lot of different on-air things, uh, anchoring, reporting, street reporting, business anchoring, traffic reporting, you, you name it. I've sports, uh, so it really has run the gamut. Uh, lost a job earlier this year uh, due to the pandemic, due to the economy. Uh, and what I had been doing, I was working for a radio station where along with anchoring, I also, uh, was doing digital reporting, which is basically, uh, doing news reports, uh, for the website. Uh, but as everyone I've sort of started to see, everybody was doing zoom interviews, uh, working on, you know, zoom from home, all the anchors, all the reporters, everything. I didn't know zoom. I knew zoom was an old uh, PBS show for kids in the seventies. That, that, <laughs> right. that was what I knew zoom. So I, I knew Skype, I knew FaceTime. I wasn't really familiar with zoom. Uh, but I started to do interviews for the website and, you know, just enhanced content, whether it was, uh, uh, a local, uh, official, uh, or, uh, um, New York. So either New York or Long Island, uh, or certainly with the pandemic, uh, a, a hospital, you know, a doctor, a spokesperson, something related to, to COVID. And then one thing led to another. And uh, somewhere along the line, I actually got to interview Dr. Uh, Fauci, uh, which, you know, that, that's now a resume point. That, that's really, you know, a high point in my career, really. How long ago was that? Was that uh, on the podcast? No, no. I just started the podcast a couple of weeks ago. The, the Fauci interview was uh, for the radio station, for the website, primarily uh, June. June 19th uh, was when that uh, that was done, that was posted. Right. And I'm not sure if you want to uh, go through uh, or, or actually name the radio station, whether you do or, or don't. I just want to make it clear for people when he says... <laughs> local most people around the country they think of a local radio station they think it's small time stuff the radio station that you work he at here at least one of them that i know about is not like a small time local radio it's a fifty thousand watt mega station that reaches the, the entire east coast yeah uh, i mean i'll say wabc radio <laughs> yeah so it's not yeah i know most people if they hear oh local radio you know he, you didn't reach that many people and you say local it's far more than local a station like that right yeah and, and funny thing is if you google you could probably find a lot of these uh interviews including fauci they're either on the website or they have a, a WABC um, a YouTube page. So a lot of them are still there. Um, in fact, it, it, not to belabor the, the the job I don't have any longer, but it, it was, you know, it was great that I got to have these uh, these interviews. Um, within a 10-day span, I interviewed Fauci, uh, John Bolden, who had the book out, and he was on the tour. Uh, wow. You know, the former yeah, National Security Advisor for, uh, for Trump. And, and Bob Costas, the uh, acclaimed sportscaster. Uh, and oh that, my God! That was, that was just as the, all of the the leagues were uh, right in the the heart of would they start? Won't they start? How is it going to happen? 
Um, so I, I was able to, now the last two were not video, they were audio, but still it was the fact right. that I was able to get the interview was great. Well, Costas is, uh, to me, he's, uh, not just a, a sports guy. He's a, you know, a great interviewer on, in all, uh, and his, he had the original time slot that, that followed the tomorrow show, I guess. Uh, so right. he, yeah, he had a lot of entertainment interviews, but a lot of, uh, really in-depth kind of, uh, interviews that you don't see so much on television anymore where you can go long form with the guest for you know an hour or or so uh that doesn't happen anymore on television or it's a rarity it might be a special like barbara walters or whoever does them now um but it's it's not a, a normal thing to talk to somebody and get in deep or you get eight minutes and off <laughs> and that's sort of i mean not not necessarily to segue to it yet but that's sort of idea the idea of the uh, of the podcast uh to to take time with one guest uh yes it's news certainly news related but obviously i can do you know like i had a bob costas on uh for the radio station um uh, where you know news is not always just hard news obviously there can be you know especially with covid there, there can be a lot of different uh angles and and tentacles uh that that news can can have and you know you can do lighter news and you can do anniversaries of different uh uh occasions so um Basically, I expanded what I was doing for the for the radio station for the website, uh, and I came up with the idea of doing this uh, podcast. Uh, what I what I wanted to do first, I wanted to have a, a name for the first. I mean, I'd like to have a name every week, but I wanted to have a name uh, guest to start it off at least, to just as a, as a launching point. So I reached out to some people. Um, and I'll tell you who, because it's... I, I, I know if you got, but go ahead. You know, the audience might not know, yeah. Um, so uh, I, I reached out to, it was a Anthony Scaramucci, and I said, would, you know, I'm going to start this up. Would you be willing? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to have you as my first guest. Um, he didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He just said to reach out to his, um, his point person. Uh, I did, and um, they said, sure. And, you know, they scheduled it for, it was like two weeks later. So I had everything kind of on hold. I did other interviews. I had them in the can, and I. But I knew I was going to have that one first. Well, if you talk to him uh, again, tell him you've been here. I don't know if he'll recognize the name, but I've been uh, like stalking him for over a year, uh, uh, and, and you know, pre pretty much begging you. Know? <laughs> uh, I really I'm wanted to point that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if it, it gets to him, you know, because uh, I had some publicist name or something. Some publicist. I gave up a couple of months ago, but I had. To, I don't even show that he or she was forwarding the information to him i just wasn't getting any success there so i'm not sure he'll recognize the name but i he's one of the people i really really wanted to talk to hmm. um and i know uh i would really like to talk to him about you know the the apparent complete 180 switch he's done because uh i, I know when he worked for trump and before trump was running he knew that trump was a kind of a a dishonest person, an immoral guy, but he believed in the policies enough to get behind them. And but now that he's split, he's almost like a hardcore Democrat in a lot in some of his way. Like he's supporting everybody. I just saw him today on Twitter, uh, like uh, giving high fives to Obama for hitting a, a, a basket. Uh, you know, that's a complete one. You, you don't see that in politics ever. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, he, and he he makes the point. He is a Republican, but he is very, very down on 
uh, you know, starting at the top and really uh, all the way through. And and uh, this is something that he says is going to take a long time to to rebuild uh, the party. Um, and and obviously it would start, you know, right now with the early voting and, and uh, an election day on Tuesday. Um, but I, I've spoken to him uh, two other times. I didn't I didn't reach out to him uh, randomly. Um, I had reached out to him because I had interviewed him for the radio station a few months earlier, May or June, um, both in, in the pandemic. I was home and, and he was at home, I think. Um, he had, a, I think it was home out on out, out east, I believe. Um, now he's at home somewhere else where he's doing like for CNN or MSNBC. And he's got all the different backdrops. Uh, <laughs> he says, here's the one for CNN. And he's got like the backdrop, you know, sitting there by his, his library. Uh, and I had interviewed him one other time uh, for a Long Island uh, radio station. And that one was on the air and we did a 20 minute uh, live segment. And that one, he had already left, but it was, it was only, I want to say it was only six months or so after he had left. Um, and he was, he was certainly down on the president, but he was not as, uh, right. we weren't in an election season yet. Um, but he was still, I don't want to say hedging his bets, but he was still, there was, he, I think he was working this through. Like he, he, you know, he didn't like a lot of why, you know, what happened, but he was still, you know, uh, he was still kind of on board with a lot of, again, the policies, the economy right. and things yeah. like that. Obviously, we hadn't we haven't gotten to this year yet, and, and you know everything kind of fell he, off. With, yeah, with, but the final straw was Trump attacked Mooch and his family, and that was the thing that said, "Wait a minute, you, you've gone too far. You're attacking my family now," and and that's a kind of eye opener, uh, eye opener, saying, "You know what? I knew you could. You had the propensity to turn on everybody, and loyalty was a one way street. But when you attack my family, because he he's a pretty." strong man as far as his own you know you can say what you want about him and he'll, he'll accept it and come back you know and he doesn't lose his cool i'm talking about mooch but when you talk if you go out if, if there's family that's when it, he draws the line and that's you know typical long island new york uh, italian guy <laughs> <laughs> there was, i don't know where it was it may have been on with bill maher uh, i mean he was on a few weeks ago but early on after he left uh the president i i believe trump either that night or the next night was attacking uh scaramucci and that kind of started but now he's you know he's not doing that any longer i think they're just he, you know he's paying him no mind which right he's trying to ignore him yeah, as best yeah. he can but I, yeah mooch definitely owns a, a a little space in the corner of his brain somewhere it definitely does <laughs> um i want to get a little dirty hold hold on because i want to read you a quote that a friend of mine who has been on this program his name is jerry brazzy and you probably wouldn't know him he's a successful businessman from out in oregon but he, he's a friend of mine he's been on the program uh and he left a comment a couple of weeks ago and I, I think it's relevant to what you do, so I want you to hear it and kind of respond to it, if you don't mind. It goes like this. Uh, the last few days have shown me definitively that there is no longer honest journalism in this country and that the vast majority of journalists are corrupt partisans. The fourth estate is dead, and they killed themselves. No totalitarian, no dictator, no st uh, state taking them over. Cowards who rolled over on their own. Criminal activity by the powerful needs to be investigated vigorously, regardless of the party. Parties that should be held accountable equally. That's not what we have now. Not even close. We will pay a price because of it, and we will deserve it. Got any comments on that statement? I mean, you know, in general, I think that what the president has done with 
you know, the term fake news since it's now five years. He started in the campaign. Um, it's a divisive term. Uh, it has politicized the media. It, you know, he has gone after the media from day one uh, in campaigns uh, when he was still at Trump Tower. Uh, and it has and, and, you know, he loves and loved the media. I mean, he would be um, calling tabloids, making believe he was. Uh, a, 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 a worker and aid for him and it was him right uh, so he you know he always there's there's a pull there's a there's a tug of war he needs the media and of course the media needs him um they would run a lot more of his pre of his either press conferences certainly his his rallies uh and then cnn uh at some point just said you know it's not it's not conducive we're 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 getting um you know, we're giving bad information and, and, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the truth. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't agree with the fact that the media is, you know, is, is, is fake or is, uh, I know CNN will refer to Fox news as sta some of them, not all of them. Uh, Don Lemon says that it's state state TV, um, the, the Fox news, and they're not even, you know, the, the most extreme there's, there's OAN, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, there's Newsmax. I mean, you know, there's a few of them that are um, that are really, you know, a bit out there. And they're, you know, and they're professing a lot of these um, conspiracy theories, I guess. Right. So, you know, it goes in both directions. Um, the liberal, if you know, the 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 right wing on the liberal, the liberal at the right wing, and you know, and and leading the way, uh, the the puppet master is is Trump. I mean, he is a master of of media manipulation by by if nothing else, he is that. Right. Well, well, I think, and I understand the distrust of the media for a lot of different reasons on a lot of different things. But my disagreement with that is just basically this: he's just talking about, uh, he's acting as if all news is political, and not all news is political. You talk about journalists. If you took any tabloid, the first six pages are, are political reporting, maybe first five pages, and then after that, you get into stuff that is not political at all. So to taint one profession as untrustworthy, you know, he's talking about you now. He's calling, saying right. you can't be trusted and uh, you're a bad person. And I'm like, you know what? You don't know these people. There are majority of people who went to school uh, for to to be journalists or or practicing journalists in their profession are good, honest people. Uh, there are some. Uh, powerful entities that that spin things there are the talking heads who i don't even think are journalists no matter whether they're on cnn right. and uh msnbc or fox they're not journalists sean hannity uh, anderson cooper he was a journalist at one point in his career it certainly isn't now um i don't know if rachel Maddow was at one point in her career but she's not now she's a a talking head a commentator and an, an analyst somebody's going to give you opinion right exactly Right. Right. So, and I, I agree. Whichever, again, whether it's right wing, left wing, whether it's Newsmax, Fox, CNN, there are there are people that come on and do news, give news. Obviously, when there's breaking news, that's that's a different story when there's, you know, a plane crash or some major covid story or even the election is a little different because it's so, you know, it's going on for for months and months and months. Um, so it's not really breaking news, you know, when you see the same lines, the same, the same, um, speeches from either Biden or Trump, it, it gets, you know, you, you kind of, you can't see straight anymore. It's the same thing after a while. Um, 
you know, one of the thing with Trump when he, when the president uh, touts the fake news, the fake media, he he's also he seems to always, let's say it's the New York Times is one he always goes at after or or the Washington Post, but it's always because it's something he doesn't like. Right. There's something that's positive in any way, then they're good, you know. But whenever it's something that it's you know it's uh, against him, uh, that's that becomes fake news, which is really not how uh, you know journalism works. Obviously. Right. And for for the people at home, and I think this is important. I'm putting you on the spot here. You you mentioned you worked for WABC in New York, very conservative talk show uh, platform. Did they ever come to you and say, Jerry, we want you to spin things conservative? You know, it's so funny. People have asked me that when I was there. People have asked me that when I left. Uh, the absolute answer is no. I was never told uh, for the website or or for I would anchor. Uh, never told to not, or a guest, never told. I mean, there was one guest that they did that that I would run by to make sure because it was a little bit more, um, you know, to the left. Um, and normally I would just get a guest and that was it. But I, I, I ran it by and they said, well, you know, this person's not, you know, a Trump uh, supporter. And I said, yeah, but that was it. And I did it and we ran it and and and, and that was the end of it. Um, so no, I never got any flack or feedback or uh, a pushback uh, about what we you know could or couldn't do um, uh, as far as the website or or anything news related. But that yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, well, thank you for that because I think most people assume, uh, and I, I know because I've worked uh, doing some video for the for. Uh, corporations and you know uh but they've never never at once approached me and said you know what uh this is our what we do here and you got to stick to the line and or our job interview never got asked are you conservative or liberal at never <laughs> so, uh <laughs> but i think most people assume that that you know if you're going to go work for fox they're gonna they're gonna make sure you're a conservative when you come in the door and probably they kind of size you up that way, but it's never, they never tell you a direct order, say, you know what, we want you to take the party line here. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, they, they're not going to say uh, specifically, but I'm sure, as you said, they're sizing you up. They're, right. they're trying to get either from, uh, you know, a question that they, you know, something that you're filling out or they'll ask you or, you know, even before you come in or they'll ask somebody who may know you and try to get a sense. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Trump's manipulation of the media and uh, a name I drop way too often on this program, but uh, it's for a good reason, I guess. Doug Stanhope, a comedian, made a, an observation that just sticks with me uh, and I, I bring it up every time I talk to anybody related to the news business. And uh, in his last special, he said, you know, before Trump, he would, as a comedian, he would rely on the news to give him it, you know, things to make up bits about. There was all sorts of odd stories on the news daily, uh, all this stuff going on. And then once Trump came into the picture, it's Trump 24-7, and all those stories went to the side or got pushed out of the way. And there's so much news we aren't hearing about anymore. You got any kind of uh, opinion on the amount of news that we're not hearing because of Trump? Oh, I mean, completely, especially when the first when he his first campaign was going on. And and like I said, you would see nonstop, you know, campaigns. And it was a lot of it was um, 
uh, Trump's, I'm trying to think of a good word, gyrations. Right. Right. A lot of it was just, you know, these things he was spewing and, you know, the Hillary and the emails, which he still goes back to. Um, and, you know, and it was for, for CNN or the others, it was something unique. I mean, they they wanted to, to run this because he was, you know, coming off of a TV show. He was reality. He was a name. Uh, a, a lot of the reasons, not exclusively, but a, a, among the reasons why he got elected. Um, but they I think that we you see this to, to the day to, to this day when there is major news they there. You know, he kind of sucks the air. Uh, right out of everything that you know it's just not right. it's his ego but you, you get because there's so much attention now of course he's you know he's the incumbent but there's just so much you know it's the what will he say what will he do how will he react what will he you know so is a lot of that they want to but but to a lot of them, even fox they don't run all of his speeches they you know then maybe they'll run a little and then they'll they'll cut it off and i've even put tweets of that like wow fox isn't running that you know so that's that's, that's a change. That that's a surprising change. It hurts his feelings when there's other other things going on. <laughs> like, oh my god, that yeah. damn hurricane is is doing this to get me. Um. It, it does, and also like when Fox doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't treat him nice, he'll you know he'll go after them, which is you know that was that was his bread and butter four years ago. And the most astonishing thing to me is we have a war going on right now still. And it doesn't get any coverage on the news. None. Where you, you know, people. It's like if this was Vietnam, we'd have we'd have wall to wall, even Iraq, and 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 Afghanistan in the early days, we'd have wall to wall coverage a lot of times. And now we have a war going on, and we never hear anything about what's going on over there. Does that surprise you? It does, but I mean, it's that's sort of what's you know that's how the media works. I mean. Uh, you're you're dealing. I mean, election season is election season, so that you have to put that off to the side. And then obviously you have a pandemic, so there's you know those those two those kind of intersect right now. Obviously, we're what we're dealing with. They come together in a, in a major way. Right. Um, but I I think that you know a lot of news. You know, major news. There've been a lot of you know people this year died, big names, and it at best it was a crawl like you see on the bottom of the of the screen. Sean Connery died today. I don't see it anywhere on TV. Right. Well, um, I, I, on Sean, on the Sean Connery thing today, I was surprised. I didn't know about the controversial statements he had made, given the playboy and then, uh, backed him up again, 22 years later with Barbara Walters. But he said something to the effect of, uh, there's a, a point where it's okay to slap a woman, to hit a woman, but don't do it with an open fist, kind of like a slap or something. Oh. And, and so when I play, posted out, oh, rest in peace, uh, uh, Sean Connery, the, the, the only James Bond, in my opinion, people were, uh, were getting on me, you know, He's a uh, self-professed woman beater. Well, he didn't really say he ever beat woman. He said that he had the opinion uh, that sometimes it may be okay to hit a woman. And Barbara uh, Walters then uh, asked him about it 22 years later, and he said, I haven't changed my mind on that. But he never said he actually beat a woman. But that's how a little piece of information like that uh, will get blown out of So he went from saying that, to a self-professed woman beater right, on social right. media. And, and, yeah, and that's and a lot of times you see this where um I think it was Trevor Noah, he had said something even comedically, and then he was getting the show, the daily show, and then all of a sudden they're looking back and like, wait a minute, look, we'll look over tweets that he had done. That's that's not just funny, that's that's serious. That and 
he still has the job. He apologized and everything was, you know, worked out. But a lot of times they do that. They go back. Oh, with um, what's his name? The committee, Kevin Hart. Right. Uh, uh, the, he, he made uh, right. years earlier about gays and he apologized. He did a video, a mea culpa. And next thing you know, he's in line, not in line. He actually was supposed to host the Oscars. And I think like literally within a day or two done. Right. It just very quickly it all it all just disintegrated. So along those lines and uh, you know I know you you covid caused you to kind of lose your radio gig but you will be looking for another one at some point when 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 this thing starts to clear up does your idea that well I'm going to be looking for a job back in radio uh does that affect how you uh handle your podcast and the things you you say that all i gotta be really careful that i don't say anything uh that might be questionable Uh, or questioned are you talking about a a potential anything about about being nervous about sharing your honest opinions on your own broadcast because you're you're worried about somebody digging it up and misinterpreting it somehow no no i'm not worried about that um i I mean i'm good like that because i'm not I'm doing more with the interviewer. So I'm doing it as like a news one-on-one interview. Um, So I'm not, you know, I'm not doing, well, I'm not going to do an interview with, you know, another uh, radio station perhaps. Right. But I'm sending it to everybody. And if they want to do something with it and put it on the air or or sound bites or something like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, right now I'm just focusing on, just doing an actual interview like it would be on the radio, you know, like right. a form, you know, uh, with uh, with Scaramucci, it was uh, close to 30 minutes. Right. Um, I, I So a few of those I had the coming up on Monday will be uh, former New York governor uh, David Patterson. And that's also about a half an hour. Yeah, you know, I forgot he was even a New York governor, and he took over when Spitzer kind of resigned, right? Yeah. Uh, and, but I even forgot about David Patterson until he was in the news recently for something he said, and somebody brought up. I said, "New York governor David Patterson? I don't, I, I never heard of him because I, I he never won an election, right? No, he he right, he was there. Um, <laughs> he was lieutenant governor, and then when Spitzer res- resigned in uh, disgrace, it was uh, that that whole sexual scandal um uh the prostitute uh then he took over in 2008 and he stayed through uh the end of the term which was 2010 and then he i don't know if he ran he well uh, andrew cuomo uh, took right. over at that point and uh, won and he's right. now third term that's why i don't remember him because 2008 2010 i had a lot of stuff going on in my own life that i couldn't i could care less about what was going on in new york state governor's <laughs> office um but that happens but you you mentioned but in today's in today's world you don't necessarily have to say anything for yourself to be a victim of this cancel culture type stuff uh and i'll give you an example joe rogan when he first signed his deal with spotify they went back and started digging 20 years back or, or 10 years back on his original podcast you know first year or so he had joey diaz on uh, a guest and joey diaz was talking about some things that he made women do to get spots on open mic nights at comedy clubs and you know some of it was sexual or whatever and joe rogan laughed at it and they were going to use that joe rogan just laughing at that comment to say well you know uh you that's your condoning the behavior and now you're going to be a victim of cancel culture we're going to try and get you canceled from your spotify deal uh so 
you got to be careful about even how you react to what a guest. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, cause even if you're, you know, bouncing off with them and they're going in one direction, um, let's say you're talking politics with somebody about Trump and they're very pro and, you know, you can't go and become very anti, you know, you, you, I mean, you can, but I'm still taking it as, uh, not showing bias and, and being very professional and, and, uh, above the fray or, uh, uh, you know, so I want to, I want to treat it as, as, you know, serious journalists that I, that I've been for the past, however many years years instead of decades because it's it's i don't want to i know i know i'm feeling pretty old these days myself so it's uh i'm going to give out the url but the name of the podcast if you want to look for it it's called here now the news whose tagline was that by the way Uh, edward martin morrow no no it was roger grimsby roger grimsby here now the news okay yeah yeah. Uh, well, I've, asked me that. It's like, can you use that? Can you use that as a copywritten? I'm like, well, he's not around for, you know, he died in 95. Yeah. Uh, and he, last he's, year in 86. For well, Eyewitness News, for those who are in New York who remember, he was a co anchor of Eyewitness News with Bill Butel in, on Channel 7 in New York, WABC, WABC TV, as opposed to radio where I was working. Right. And so the URL for the people who are in the cars or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts, it's on anchor.fm and it's forward slash Jerry hyphen Barmash. So you just look at look it up under there or you can just really quickly Google Jerry Barmash here. Now the news and you'll find it wherever it's, uh, uh, you know, Spotify, all the places. Where yeah, it's on Spotify. <laughs> it's on Apple. It's on Google. And then there's a, it's a bunch of others as well. That that's uh, interesting. It was Roger Grinsby, and he came to town with Bill Butel. For people, you know, this is a worldwide. I have a worldwide audience, so most people don't know who these people were. But they were staples to us here in the New York metropolitan area for a long time. And uh, it was a time when ABC, WABC in New York, uh, pretty much was the dominant uh, newscast for evening news. Uh, now, now you don't see people really because of cable news, really going to the network news and making personalities of these, uh, the local coverage guys who, who do the evening news in the local markets, right? You'll have to have me back because I'm writing a book about that era of anchors. So we'll, we'll have to talk about that another oh, time. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, how, how deep into it are you? Pretty deep. I mean, I've got like two, 250 pages. So I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to get like an ending or make sure I, you know, I don't miss somebody, but, uh, you know, and, and sadly, most of the main people, they're not with us. I mean, uh, by the time I started this, Roger is gone. Uh, Bill Butel died uh, 10 years ago, something like that. Um, uh, but I'm doing other other channels. Um, uh, Jim Jensen from Channel 2, he, he's gone a number of years as well. Uh, Channel 4, you had, of course, he was on the network, Tom Snyder, but he was also local uh, at uh, WNBC. He's he died more recently, but he's not around either. Um, but I've I've spoken to reporters, other anchors, news directors, producer, just just a, a, an amalgam of people to get a um, Chuck Scarborough still alive. Yeah, he's still on the air, actually. Oh, he is in New York. Yeah, he does the uh, six o'clock. Wow. I don't have, I wouldn't have uh, any idea about that. I don't have television in my house for the last 12 years. Uh, So, but I'm surprised he's still alive, but still on the air. And there was another guy on NBC who I can't remember his name who did the six o'clock. But the thing with in those days, and I don't know if it's still true, but the the journalists would do, uh, the the 
lead anchors would do the six o'clock for an hour, sometimes with, as a co-anchor. And then uh, they do 11 o'clock again. So they'd have to hang around and do another news report, a shorter half hour at 11 o'clock. Is that still part of the, the, the network plan or the local market plan? I don't know. Well, well, the first part of that is not the case because they don't do a one hour at six o'clock. Um, they may do they do the earlier. So they'll do a four o'clock. They'll do a five o'clock. Um, six o'clock is a half an hour. And then they do the national at six thirty. So they have cut that back. But yeah. they ended on the front on on the front end they added more, but on the back end they went they went shorter. And then the half hour is at eleven, but it's actually eleven thirty five. Even though they added that half that uh, five extra minutes, they actually take more time with commercials, not just five minutes. It's probably about eight more minutes of commercials by adding five minutes. Right. Economy uh, of of you know broad. It, do you have any idea if anybody actually watches that stuff anymore? Because I think if you, if you're so inclined to get your news, you're probably on one of the cable net networks and getting fed the the same uh, kind of talking head panels all day long rather than real real news. And that's the first question. Do you know if anybody's watching? Yeah, the, and the ratings are still there. I mean, we were talking about Channel Seven before. Uh, Channel Seven in New York is still a ratings juggernaut. I mean, they stay win, win the sweeps, maybe not to the same numbers they had, because don't forget in the 70s, there yeah. were three stations and right. that was it. There was no other game in town. Uh, now you've got other local channels, you've got cable channels, you, you, you know, you've got other, other, other options, your phone, your, you know, your tablet, your computer. Uh, you didn't have that years ago, um, but they're still winning. They're still doing, because if you want local news, uh, I think 11 is still the place to be and still, uh, I, I mean, the time. Uh, and so you're still going for, for that um, instead of, you know, looking on the web or, or like you said, cable on CNN or whatever. And, and going back to the discussion before about partisan and bias and all that stuff and fake news and whatever, I think on those, I, again, I don't have it for 12 years, so I'm going to rely on you, you to kind of steer my opinion here. But I think that's where you will find honest news. The guys covering the, the local fires or the bridge collapse or, you know, whatever it is, crime, uh, local crime stories, those guys aren't giving you political slant for the most part, are they? No, no, no. I, and by the way, I also want to point out like Twitter is, is it, you know, yeah, some people yeah, yeah. It's a negative, but it, that's, that's also been somewhat of a godsend because like I will look on there and I, you will find from, you know, legitimate reporters news immediately, even before they'll be on, you know, deadline for, uh, for a writing assignment or for TV, it's there. Uh, anchors will be tweeting something during a commercial. Uh, so that that has become, um, you know, the the future right now is, you know, is Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. But Twitter, I think, is is the one by by far um, for 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 journalism. Yeah, but it, it's also the one it's the one where the most ugly uh, I thought Facebook was bad until I started spending a lot of time on on, on Twitter and uh, the uh, ugliness and divisiveness and uh, just really really vile stuff can get in there pretty quickly even on, on something that doesn't start out as a political thing at all forest fires in the west all of a sudden turn into a apolitical argument that never happened in when i was a young person yeah. paying attention to news well, but to be fair i don't think that's twitter per se i think that's the climate we're in right now i mean that's the country unfortunately i don't know if you want to say it's the president per se all doing it himself but th this is where we are i mean there is there's a serious division there's i mean a mask has been politicized 
Right. Um, and and that, that's that's where we are. So when you know when you have something of like you say a forest fire, uh, people will just you know gravitate to it and say, well, wait a minute, this one didn't do this, and this has to do with that, and that's not climate change. You know. So it it it, it just it feeds it feeds the fire, if you will, but it it feeds it. That was a joke, right? Feeds the fire. Oh, yeah, feeds the fire, right? Um, but I'm on the tape delay here. Like, uh, like I'm in a broadcasting seven second delay. We'll get it in. A, there it is. It's funny. Now. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Um, <laughs> you know, but this this um, ugliness in the climate. I did see it start under Obama. It definitely did. Be when when you can cite whatever you, reasons you want you want to call people who are reacting him to him's presidency uh racist some somehow i don't think it was as much racist as it was uh islamophobe uh because his name sounded so much with seven years after oh bin laden we have obama uh you know that running i think that registered with a lot of hard right wing people they could just couldn't separate that sounds like a muslim name you know or it must be must be evil. But I th- did see a lot of that ugliness start in his eight years to the point where uh, I had to say to people, well, you know, y- you criticize somebody's policy. Why is that? Why do you take that personally? You, you know, because people would treat it like if I criticized anything Obama did as a policy matter, people would take that like I said, your mother's a whore. Or, <laughs> and like go, go to defend it. Like, it's not your father. He's not your mother. It got much worse under Trump, no doubt about it. The, the uh, emotional attachment to politicians and, and, and people of authority to the way you can't you can't even talk about policy at all. Everything becomes personal. Yeah, and I think that unfortunately, uh, racism has uh, reared its head, and it really, you know, it, it's it's a perfect storm because, as you said with Obama, I think that a lot of it starts with the president first black president then you bring in um president trump and it sort of it ignited it brought um license for uh, i'm trying to watch my words here right um, uh, to allow uh, and i i believe me i've seen this firsthand um, you know, people are not going out and saying and showing with with banners that they're racist, but, you know, you can kind of get a sense uh, a lot of times just by how they um, how they act. Right. Uh, and, and you know, the president as well. I mean, there's some good people and on both sides and, yeah, yeah. and things like that. So it, it just it it gives it more license coming off of the first black president his rhetoric meaning trump and and that's sort of where we are now and that again goes back to that um the way people react on twitter and everywhere else i mean this is you know when you see those rallies and you see the people going on both sides uh when you know there's a trump rally and it's it's very ten that's why you're seeing right now people are boarding up businesses macy's and herald square they're boarding right either way yeah (laughs) They're they're waiting and they're no matter what happens. I don't know if that's for one one side winning or the other, but they're expecting um, unrest. And yeah, so, uh, so am I. Uh, you know, and it, it's it's weird because uh, you know I don't think we're going to get the results right away. Even though ninety million people have voted already and they, those votes can be counted pretty quickly, I think there are probably going to be a del- there's going to be some delay because of all the. Uh, the challenges that COVID and whatever uh, the remote 
and, and early voting have brought to the counting situation. So I, I've said all along, I expect those days to be tense and, and full of anxiety. And we're feeling more anxiety as a country pre-election than I've ever felt at any time in my life. Right. And you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you look, you see the lines. People are going out. People are I mean, in Georgia last week was 10 hours. People were waiting. Uh, on Long Island, I heard up to two hours. We waited for 20 minutes, so we got lucky with that. Um, but people are there. And I know in Pennsylvania, they had said that it was, I think, 70% of the people, um, or at least 70 uh, of the percent of the people that had um, early voted, this is last week, so the number may have changed, were registered Democrats. Are they all voting for Biden? Probably not all of them, but I would say a big number are. Um right. I think the the early voting is certainly going to be skewed for the Democrat. Not not to turn this into a political uh, discussion necessarily, but uh, that that's where I think the early voting is is leaning. Um, the Republicans will probably look toward election day, I think. Um, but the numbers, as you said, are they're staggering. I mean, it's not only a record; it's just it's amazing. Now more than ninety million. That's through yesterday. Two right. more days, and and it could you know it could hit it could top a uh, hundred million. Right. And, and it's I think there was about one hundred twenty five million was the total. Right. I was thinking one hundred twenty three, but you may be right. Yeah. It might be one hundred twenty five somewhere around that number total in twenty sixteen, which was a, a pretty uh, big turnout year for for voting. So to be at ninety thousand. Uh, 90 million at this point three of three days before the election is it's is pretty astounding yeah uh, i mean obviously a lot of that is they they put in these po uh, uh covid protocols so that people could go uh many days before and that is you know ultimately the best social distancing that you can have stretch it out over several days so you don't have to have you know, people be nervous that they're going to be waiting online i mean ultimately people were waiting on long lines anyway but um it, it just it stretched it out much, much, uh, you know, much better for people. And I think that that was and they were willing that that's the bottom line. They were willing to do it. Um, a lot of people were saying, well, there's there's Trump's rallies. There's these different uh, uh, groups of Trump, not Trump rallies per se, but Trump, you know, supporters gathering banners and flags and things. What about the Democrats? You don't see people doing that for Biden. But what you see and people are saying they're out there on lines, they're, they're voting, you know, the long lines. Again, we don't know that they're all, obviously there are going to be Republicans, but the majority of the senses um, are going to be Democrats and they're going to be uh, voting for, um, for the vice president. Right. Uh, I know you had Alan Lickman on uh, and uh, I was listening to the broadcast and I did not get to hear him make a prediction. Just I think he was about to. And my power went out in the house and I was completely in the dark. I'm not going to ask you to because I don't want you to spoil your episode. No, no, it's not spoiling. But because actually <laughs> I had interviewed him previously. Um, I'll give you a quick I had interviewed him for WABC. And on that one, I did it on this one. I didn't. And I had when I, I interviewed him. Um, and I mentioned it first and then I edited it. What, what I did, I'll tell you very quickly. What I did was um, I did a video, a quick little video like this live right after the debate. And we were talking about it like immediately after and he was giving me updates. Uh, and I didn't put in there uh, his what he did was um, uh, nine straight. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, he's a, a professor, longtime professor at American University in Washington, D.C., and he has these 10 or 12 points, like a whole formula of uh, how the presidential race 
will be decided. And based on those, he has picked successfully for the last nine races. I believe it's 84, 80 or 84, whatever that comes out to, uh, with uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, and that includes four years ago, he said he was like the only one or the first one uh, to pick Donald Trump. And he picked, it wasn't in this one, so I'm not giving anything away. Uh, he picked Joe Biden. In fact, today he just tweeted again, and I retweeted with something with the link to the uh, to the podcast episode uh, that he, you know, he checked it again and made sure and went over it, and even though it's three days left, uh, that he's still uh, whatever secure that it's uh, that it's going to be Biden. I'm not. I'm not secure. I. I. I, I still think it, Trump is going to win somehow. I after two. I think a lot of people. Uh, and I. I. I was early on in two sixteen to say I know what the polls are saying about Hillary, and somebody pointed this out because they they kept my Facebook or uh, Twitter uh, tweet about it, and I said uh, I. I just have a feeling things are shifting, and the polls are a lot tighter than they think and i i predicted trump like three weeks four weeks before the election and i had that feeling again i've i've i made it i'm still pretty pretty sure about that you know i'm I, the more they kind of bang home the polls at me the more it kind of shakes my belief in that uh and it, it, i people know me that's not what i want it but you know I, I lay my cards on the table i don't have to uh be unbiased i can tell you i don't want trump to win i don't want i've never been a fan of joe biden and i've never been a democrat in my life uh so i'm not going to be happy if biden wins but i'll be happy that trump loses if that happens but i don't think it's the case i think trump's gonna win somehow uh and i think a lot of people like me kind of uh can't get over 2016 as far as the shock value of wow we thought that was a lock the media told us it was a lock the polls told us it was a lock and it wasn't a lock yeah i i'll never forget the day before uh, the New York Times did a uh, a daily election tracker, you know, based on all the polls and all the inside and everything where it stood. And they they would show it, you know, kept going up. And um, and Hillary the day before was at ninety nine percent odds of winning the election. That's pretty good. I'm not a mathematician. But <laughs> it seems pretty good. I mean, I, I think so. Uh, and we don't need to relive history. We know what happened the next night. So right. right. Uh, so I don't know where they stand, but I know, um, what is it, 538, uh, the website, they have it at 88% uh, for Biden. Uh, it's not 99, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's still more of an opening there. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, right. But, you know, it's obviously he still, he has a lot of, if you want to call it momentum. I mean, Biden is ahead in, in, in many of these states. By the way, there's like nine of these battlegrounds. Uh, including ones that have no business being a battleground, Georgia and Texas. Texas, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and then the Pennsylvanias, the Floridas, the Ohios, uh, uh, Michigan, uh, North Carolina, Iowa, all nine. Uh, uh, did I say North Carolina? I said North Carolina. All nine were won by Trump right. four years ago. And and any of them, most of them could go uh, to to the vice president. Right. Wow. That's it. You know, and there's always surprises in politics. But uh, again, I think the anxiety level on this. So I have on New Year's Day, uh, not New Year's Day, uh, the on Election Day. I've done that, too. I've done that, too. Uh, yeah. Election Day. I have a guy on who's got a website about and he's got a, a book and he's kind of 
an activist in this cause of trying to heal the divide in the country. And I think that's kind of Pollyannish uh, thinking, but I want to have him on on Election Day anyway at my one o'clock show. Uh, do you think there's any hope of kind of healing uh, how divided we are at this point? You know, it's interesting. I asked uh, Anthony Scaramucci that, you know, because everybody thinks, you know, like with the buildings and, the, and the, they're, they're, they're putting up the, uh, the, uh, the wood and everybody's worried what's going to happen. Um, violence in the streets and all that. And he doesn't think that. He thinks the same thing about that there won't be um, uh, Trump will honor the, uh, the, yeah. the uh, transfer of power. He doesn't think that. He thinks he's going to slink away, I think was the term he said. Uh, and with that, the the issues, all of the people that are, uh, you know, would potentially cause a problem, he says they will just, you know, it will all dematerialize uh, and things will, um, I don't know if it'll go away. I mean, it doesn't just disappear, um, but it will uh, calm down, I think, once the person that's leading, you know, is, is you know, it's like you're chopping the monster's head off. Um, and it, it, I think that it will ease but it won't ease right away i don't think but it right. will, i think it will ease i think it's going to be a, a it may be a tumultuous couple of weeks especially if he decides you know he doesn't help anything by you know fighting it and uh you know bringing the supreme court in and 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 you know and and they, they're already starting that with wisconsin and a couple of other states so that will obviously cause more problems and more angst i think in the streets if you just um you know don't concede which I, I it's almost hard to imagine those words from him because he's never he doesn't have to apologize but you know yeah no he, he, he <laughs> can't imagine him conceding either i so i can see uh biden waiting for the phone call if biden did win waiting for that phone call that's never going to happen and then he'll go out and, and continue to campaign like he's like nothing different i'm going to hold another rally like he's campaigning for a third term already right, on november right. 5th <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's almost like Biden will be standing right there and he'll still be doing press conferences. Um, you know, but he's also setting the stage because he's talking about um, that we need to have a result on election night. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's an illegitimate election or the votes don't count or whatever, which, I mean, go back to 2000. 2000, I was at months. It went, all, it went yeah, <laughs> six weeks, went all the way to, you know, from hanging chads in, in Florida to uh, to the Supreme Court. So. This, you know, this will not end on uh, we may have a good idea, certain states, but uh, there are certain states they can't um, they can't get the results even started until uh, Election Day or possibly even at the end of, you know, once once the polls close. So it, it's going to take two, three days, maybe some of them even longer. Uh, and then with the mail in, I think that also is while the, the votes are in, it may be, you know, it just it depends upon each state how they work it. All right. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Uh, I, I like putting guests on the spot. Now, <laughs> um, <laughs> we have the election and COVID. Big, two biggest stories right now. What's the third biggest news story in the in America right now or in the world even? I mean, you know, the COVID and the election are so big, it kind of right now it just swallows everything up. I, I would say the, the, the racial unrest is certainly you know, it can't be overlooked. I mean, what, what happened with George Floyd and, and, you know, the protests that were going on and Breonna Taylor, I mean, that, you know, that there's, there's a few. Um, but I think the video that we saw was, was just terrific. Right. Um, and, you know, we, we had two, three weeks, I don't even know a month of, of those protests. Um, and, 
you know, it, 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 it was, it, it, it was, there was a, a, a steamrolling effect, the NBA, the black lives matter. And then it, it, it did for a time. It was part of the, you know, it was brought up in all the debates. Um, I think that was, it was brought up by governor Cuomo. It was, it was really, it, it took, um, center stage. And I don't think it's going to disappear. It certainly is a, on the back burner right now. Um, but, and, and, you know, and I'm worried also because COVID is, is, is really coming right back in, in full throttle, uh, in 40 plus states. Right. Yesterday was the, the highest peak day, uh, you know, more new cases than, than we've had at any time since it, since the disease started. So, uh, I, but I agree with you on the racial thing. Uh, and I had a young man uh, from, uh, Motown from Detroit on a, a young black man, 23 years old, uh, yesterday on my one o'clock edition. And it, we were talking about his music, but in his, music video that i played the, you know at the end of it they held up a sign this is black lives matter so i said i wanted to take the the uh uh conversation and I, we had a healthy discussion uh, i have very strong beliefs about uh what's behind it all and i you know i am i'm a big fan of martin luther king and, and but i understand um malcolm x is more a, a philosophies are more uh popular with young black people today in that we were tired of being patient we've been patient long enough but martin luther king was more of the uh uh change doesn't come very quickly we we move it one brick at a time you know one step at a time type of thing uh and so i do think but what the point I'm getting to here is that that patience is part of it. But we he mentioned at this time uh, during the conversation, he said, you know, I've never had that uh, conversation with a white man before. And I said, I bet you there's a, a bunch of guys like me, uh, 61 year old white dudes who never had a conversation with a young black man about this stuff before. Serious, you know, and I think that's where where the healing begins on that stuff. So the more we can do that and really come um just work this stuff out and be honest about what what's really going on. I think there is hope for progress on that. And, but again, being a white guy, uh, I have more patience. If I was a young black man, I wouldn't have the patience I have to see that change come uh, come along. You know, any kind of, and I don't want you to get too say anything that might keep you from getting another job. No, so. I, I just, <laughs> no, no, but I, I'm thinking also. Um, you know, they bring up systematic racism. I, I've heard that between Biden and, and Trump. Um, but I know police, that's been, you know, obviously with what we saw in the video, and that's been a major um, uh, a major concern that a lot of different uh, governments, including New York, uh, they want to overhaul and they want to get rid of police. And they, you know, so that, that's been something that's been discussed. Um, uh, and, and I know that they want to redo a lot of the, if not all of them, if not get rid of them, they want to redo like in every county in New York, including the NYPD, which certainly has had its, um, uh, it's, uh, what's the word I want to look for here? You know, it's, it's issues. Uh, issues. <laughs> All right. We'll go with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what, what's, and I know we're getting close to the hour and I hope that's not a problem for you if we go a couple minutes extra, but, uh, just this observation that the world is topsy turvy as far as ideologies go because the uh, ideology of privatizing the police, defunding the police and privatizing it was, that comes from the conservative side, but you have the liberals or, or, or arguing that now and the conservatives having major backlash against it. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we see that with a lot of policies now. I think the idea, in my mind, 
the Democratic Party seems more like the conservatives than the Republicans do at this point in, in juncture in a lot of ways on a lot of issues. And so it's just bizarre about that stuff. Um, so uh, with the podcast now, are, do you plan on doing anything with people who are not from the political world, you know, the interviews you're going to have these deep conversations with people that are not necessarily connected to politics. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking for right now, you know, as I say in like the intro, and we said before politics and COVID, um, but it can be sports. It can be, you know, somebody uh, who's selling a book, somebody, you know, a lighter thing. I, I want, it doesn't have to be a big name, um, but obviously I started with uh, with Scaramucci and, and that was, you know, that was a nice, uh, as I said, launching pad. Um, but I, I like it, even though I'm New York centric and I, you know, based in New York and I have the connections in New York, um, but I would like it to be, you know, obviously people can listen anywhere. So I'd like it to be a little bit more, um, uh, national uh, of of the stories, which obviously with COVID and the election, that that kind of covers that. Um, but yeah, I, I I would like it to be a little bit uh, broader. By the way, can I mention? Um, uh, as I mentioned with the um, uh, with the debate, the one with the um, with the professor um, Lickman, I had done a live video with him, and then I I took the audio the next day. So I'm doing on election night a, a video off of Twitter, and I can give you my. I don't see it there, but I can give it to you. I, well, all the links will be in the description for people. So, yeah, uh, they'll, they'll be able to find it. So all I have to do is know that click the link in the description to fi to find the Twitter feed. It's actually Periscope on Twitter, right? Exactly. So on yeah. on Periscope, and then from there it hooks to, to Twitter. Uh, and I'm doing, uh, starting at 8 o'clock Eastern, um, talking about, whatever you know there's going to be several at that point from 7 7 30 and 8 that are closing and i'm going to have guests look at me i'm having guests like wow i, I gotta i gotta check my mailbox because i don't think i got the invite um uh <laughs> i'm having um former uh westwood one news uh car white house correspondent um uh bob costantini will be joining me and he will give instant analysis and uh congresswoman eleanor uh, Holmes Norton, and she is up for re-election. She's actually been in Congress for, I believe this is her fifth, either her 15th term or she's seeking her 15th term. Um, but she has been there a while. Um, the thing with DC is they consider them, there are, it's a Congresswoman, but she's a non-delegate. They don't allow, they're not allowed to vote, but they are on uh, any committees. Wow. Um, but it's, you know, it's still, it's a nice, uh, It'll be nice to have, and I'm uh, definitely looking forward to that. And uh, and then I will take an edit and put audio from that onto the uh, podcast for the morning. Uh, how, how long are you planning to go? Because you're starting it at 8. In my opinion, that's a little too early for election night. But how, how late are you planning to go? Well, I'm, I'm doing 8 because I know by 8 there's, there's going to be, I think, 6 states that are closing, something like that. It's between 7, 7.30 and 8, all that are um uh of the battlegrounds and then uh, nine and ten so i think i'm going to go through whether i start and stop i'm not sure but i'm going to have um eight nine probably through ten we'll see yeah. about that but definitely through ten um what is your um take on you know a lot of people are really put off by people in entertainment having a political opinion uh, whether it's uh, comedians and, and they they get that's a big thing because uh, and when I grew up, my parents were extremely conservative, but they were able to laugh at liberal comedians like um, you know uh, 
you name it, uh, the Smothers Brothers and Dave Gregory and and, and people like that. Uh, um, uh, but nowadays, you know, comedy, if you're doing political comedy, you're, you're really treading on thin ice and, and getting in trouble for that. Uh, what is your uh, uh, take on this whole atmosphere of people in entertainment uh, dare not speak uh, about their political beliefs or be shunned by a certain part of the country? I think it's interesting because a lot of uh, there are many people who don't want to go there because they are afraid that it's going to you know hurt the uh, the box office. It's going to hurt the bottom line. So there are a lot of people who are um, you know playing the company line, I suppose. But then there are many others uh, who uh, you know. It's interesting. I was just as you started to ask me that question, I was thinking, and I'm it's my third Don Lemon reference tonight. Is that I, we we ah. certainly have hit our quota of Don Lemon <laughs> references. Sorry, Don. Um, that's four though, by saying his name again. Um, by the way, every time you say Don Lemon, an angel gets its wings. I don't well, know if you know that. I, I thought it was a broadcaster got his microphone. <laughs> I'm waiting for the laugh. We're on delay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to hear him here. Um, <laughs> no, but there was uh, after the the George Floyd, um, the the obviously the deadly incident with the uh, the the you know where the uh, police with the tape. Um, Don Lemon had said at some point thereafter he was waiting for Dave Chappelle, obviously right, the famous right. student, to to speak. That you know he's uh, you know the, the the voice of 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 Black America entertainment, and he hasn't said anything, and and he didn't. He didn't, and he had been on his show in the past, and he didn't come out, and he was, and he made this whole monologue, wondering where is he, why isn't he speaking, and. I, in the middle of this whole thing, I just found it odd. Like, you know, there's all this news, all these people talking heads, and that's the angle that you had to go with. I, I found it strange. And ultimately, he did speak. He did a uh, right. an almost he, an impromptu new, uh, uh, Netflix show uh, with the COVID, with the mask, with the social distancing. Um, they sort of rushed it out in 20, you know, a 25 minute thing. And he did several minutes. Uh, I don't know it was how comedy wise it was, but it was more commentary than comedy. Right. But it was his voice, and and he got out there. Um, I'm not sure if that answers the question, but I, no. I was thinking about about him. Um, so in terms of everyone else, I mean, how do I feel about it? I don't know. I mean, there are some people you want to get a, re you know, you you want to see. Oh wow, they and then others, it's sort of a turnoff. Right. I, I get that. But but you, you, a lot of people cut off their own access to really good art and entertainment because they disagree uh, with they can't look at like if you're a conservative right now, they can't they're not they're bowing not to watch a Robert De Niro movie. Like, you know how many great movies you're cutting yourself right. off from? Right. Uh, right. And, yeah, you know, and again, I think I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I think that that is, again, the climate we're in. And I think that it's, you know, there, there has to be healing and not, well, Sean Penn, you know, is, is trying to do this because the president isn't, I don't like Sean Penn anymore. I, I don't like his movies. Obviously you can disagree with whoever you want, but to turn it into, uh, you know, more of a vitriol about, you know, a personal attack or their movies, it, you know, I, I think that's silly and it, 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 it shouldn't get to that point. Yeah. George Clooney had a great response to Trump 
the other day and it was like you call me a hollywood elitist he said i came from kentucky i worked factory jobs i worked selling insurance i worked selling shoes i've done a lot of hard work to get out here most people in hollywood come from the middle of the country uh and they come from you know middle class working families or lower than middle class working families and come out to hollywood to try to make a career for himself that hardly makes us elitist the fact that we had some success means we should not have a, an opinion you know a few and basically you know that that was his opinion and that you know i said bravo george that's you know i because i don't care about people's opinions if as long and my my mantra on this show is this and I'll kind of uh get your take on it and we can say good night is that um i'm fine with anybody's opinion as long as it's really their opinion i don't think it is most people uh, uh just give up their right to their own opinion and just live off the headlines and talking points they're fed by cable news without going too deep into issues they don't really want to talk about the issues they just want to stick to the talking points and so they come out and say this is my opinion and you know it's not their opinion it's an opinion they got from sean hannity or they got from anderson cooper or you know you new name it don on lemon that's right. my <laughs> ding 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 yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah no i agree i think that it's a lot of that is is being fed from by uh who you're you know who you're watching whichever left or right in the media but and, and again I, I and not to you know hit this point too hard i think given where we are right now whether it started with obama whether it started obviously uh, really got moving with Obama, with uh, President Trump. I think that there is such a divide in this country that if, if if whoever you are, whether you're you know Joe Q. Public or you're George Clooney, if you're not for that person, then it 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 gets uh, you know potentially it gets nasty, and and that's really it starts at the top and it works its way down. Right. Okay. Uh, so you got a, a promise to come back when you're ready to publish the book or when you, when you have the uh, release date for the book and we'll kind of, uh, hump the book a little bit and kind of, uh, promote it pr as hard as we can here. Uh, the, uh, website, website again for people, uh, for, for is the Jerry's podcast is anchor.fm, uh, slash Jerry, Jerry hyphen barmash. Uh, and, but you can just find it by going to Google. And of course, the links will all be in the description if you're, uh, if you're not driving or doing something. But most podcast people listen while they're doing something else and don't really have the time to go down there. But the right. links will be in the description. But you can also find it at Here Now the News and you can include his name in there, Jerry Barmash, and you should be able to find it pretty quickly. Yeah, I was just going to say, and that on the uh, the anchor.fm that you're seeing, that will have it where you could listen on the web or it will list all of the um, the platforms, the Googles, the uh, Apples, the Spotify's and, and others as well. Right. Do, do you have a, a published schedule? Yeah, I do it every uh, Monday morning. And then for special events, uh, the one we we talked about with uh, Professor Lickman, that was after the debate. I added that on Thursday. I'm going to do the, um, the the election night and then add that the next morning. So those special add-ons, uh, those are extras. But otherwise, it's a Monday morning I do. And it. people can watch the election night live, right, on Periscope on Twitter. One, and exactly. we'll have link. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, at Jerry Barmash. Yep. Cool, cool enough. Jerry, thank you so much for for your time tonight. It's been a pleasure to get to know you and, and uh, hear your insights on this. Uh, I'm big on, you know, it's important to start getting some uh people to have some faith in, in the in the media and and not 
cast journalism uh, and journalists in particular as yourself and, and you know, as the enemy of the people or necessarily bad people. I think most people in the craft are like you, hardworking, honest people just trying to, to perform a service for people. And I, I, I hate to see it when you're attacked in that way. So uh, I want you to know I got your back, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This was fun and I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming in and good night. Bye for now. This episode is brought to you by Put Me in the Story. Put Me in the Story creates personalized books for kids by taking best-selling children's picture books and well-loved characters and allowing you to create personalized books that make your child the star of the story alongside their favorite characters. Save 25% store-wide when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code SAVE25. We're also sponsored by Lovely. Lovely is your online stop for modern, irresistible, and affordable women's clothing. Never before has dressing yourself been so easy. Lovely's carefully curated selection of apparel, accessories, and outerwear are always on trend and always available at the web's best prices. Lovely is dedicated to delivering high-quality clothing to women that will make them look and feel their best. They believe every woman has the right to dress well and shouldn't have to spend a lot to love how she looks. They make it easy to wear outfits you love every day, giving you the confidence to take on the world. Lovely.com summer fashion trends are now 40% off, starting at just $5.99. Get an extra 18% off when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code JFT18. We're also sponsored by Vapor DNA. Founded in 2013, Vapor DNA is the premier online vape store offering an industry-leading selection of electronic cigarettes, e-liquids, and accessories. Their friendly and knowledgeable customer service team is always ready to provide the best customer service experience to ensure you find what you're looking for. They guarantee their products to be 100% genuine and at the lowest possible price. They're so confident in their selection and customer service, they offer their customers a 45-day refund policy. Save 20% when you click the link on MindDogTV.com and use the code OrionQ. Jay Barmash, uh, check out his podcast. Uh, again, you know, it, it, the links will be in the description for you. And it's called Here Now the News. Uh, and that was Roger Grimsby's line. I, don't, I forget what Ed, Edwin Armaro's tagline was. I'm going to have to look that up. I hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you uh, come back and tell your friends about it and get them to come back and subscribe and go to my YouTube channel and subscribe there. Go to MindDogTV.com and get on my mailing list. And questions and comments for me, as always, uh, info at MindDogTV.com. Info at MindDogTV.com. Uh, just one second while I check. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. I have Saima Hawk, who is a uh, founder of a theater company called Always Love Lucy in New York City, and she has a new film coming out, which is a new production company. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, so until then, I'm Matt Napple for the Mind Dog TV podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a great night, and bye for now. Saw your photograph today.
Possibly be true. 